During Dell TechFest, score game-changing innovations with limited-time deals on select next-gen Alienware gaming tech. New dimensions await with advanced gaming systems like the Alienware M18 laptop powered by an Intel Core i9 processor featuring awe-inspiring visuals, liquid cooling, three-dimensional audio with Dolby Atmos, and impressive overclocking potential. Plus, build your dream setup with great deals on select gaming monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at Alienware.com deals, you'll have access to leading-edge gaming technology to conquer the competition and free shipping on everything. Amazing prices await you for a limited time only at Alienware.com deals. That's Alienware.com deals. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Thursday, September 9th, 2021. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside Forbes, 30 under 30, a.k.a. the second best baby blues in San Francisco, a.k.a. the engaged one at Tim Gettys. Tim, how are you? Doing fantastic. Let's him host. And everybody, do not fret. Do not worry. Of course, we will be doing a live trailer reactions to Matrix. Uh, what's it called? Resurrections. Uh, after Kind of Funny Games Daily right here on Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. Let so me tell hold you, on. I've been You're seeing pretty, all pretty these terrible. people all mm -hmm. morning freaking out about this Matrix thing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You people got a trilogy, two-thirds of which was dog water your trash, and you're right? so excited everyone oh, 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 we're going back to the matrix it's green trinity's back who the mm. fuck cares mm. Mm. i've had to wait this long for a true ghostbusters Afterlife. three you yeah. guys had three matrix movies now you got a fourth one everybody over here popping bonies left and right on twitter oh man the rabbit hole keanu <laughs> phoning in just still got that same john wick haircut Popping bonies left and right. <laughs> You've been popping some bonies in your day, haven't you, Kev? <laughs> oh, Lord. It's going to be a fun day, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be a fun day, Greg. If you don't know, today we're going to talk about the fact that Crash Bandicoot's 25. Uh, we're going to talk about work-life balance being all over the news. And we're going to talk about the fact that you are getting a Lego Mario 64 set. We'll talk about all that and so much more because this it's kind of funny games daily each and every week down a variety of platforms we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about if you like that you should be part of the show over on patreon.com slash kind of funny games over on patreon.com slash kind of funny games you can write in with your questions you can write in with your squad up requests you can write in just say hey here's what hey. i think the show should do here's what it should do better here's what it could do better of course, on patreon.com slash kind of funny games, you can get each and every episode of kind of funny games daily ad free. You can get it with the exclusive post show we do each and every weekday. And of course, you can get these same kind of benefits for the games cast, X cast, PS I love you, XOXO, the kind of funny next gen podcast. If you wanted to go even higher, you can do it for all the kind of funny shows as well, like in review and the kind of funny podcast. But if you have no bucks to toss our way on patreon.com slash kind of funny games, it's no big deal. You, of course, can get each and every episode of kind of funny games daily for free on youtube.com slash kind of funny games roosterteeth.com and on podcast services around the globe of course you couldn't write in you wouldn't get the ear you would get the ads you wouldn't get the post show but you still get a damn fine programming that's always here to remind you the matrix just was all right number one such a fuck Wait, number what? one was great number one oh, was awesome i remember shit, Greg. <laughs> when they brought over i remember i think it was I want to say it was Evan Gulling brought over when I got right. the PS2 brought the DVD over and we put it in. It was like, holy shit, this is awesome. And I was like, I, and I was like, I was with you. I was with y'all. 
Can't wait for the next Matrix. Can't wait for it. And then it came out, and I was like, what the the fuck is this? Don't talk about that, Greg. But here's the thing is, you've all been burned. It's no. like you went out, you had We've a great... All, you're one of us. You're admittedly one of us. You had, we had just the best appetizer of all time. We were like, this is appetizer. great. Then the main course came and it was a log of dog shit. And we're no. like, well, maybe dessert will fix it. Dessert, bird shit. What are we talking about? I mean, Greg's 100% right. Like, I don't want to like you, Kevin. Greg about movie takes, but like, he, he's right. Number one, amazing. And then utter dog shit. Dog irrelevant. Irrelevant. Number one was the main course. Number two and three, debatably, like oh, Tim, the fucking four hours of my course. life. I'll never get back. Am I sizzler. supposed to? Am I supposed to forget that Trinity died dramatically? How is she back? What is this trash? I can't wait to watch the trailer. Yes. He restarts her heart in Matrix One, right? When she got mm-hmm, shot. Mm-hmm. See, Matrix One, Which great is fucking, fucking movie. Cool. What a cool. fucking awesome movie! Hey, can I, here's what I'll say right now, ladies and gentlemen. Right. <laughs> I'm not even going for your eyes or your balls right now. I'm just being your friend, Greg, and being honest over here. How awesome would it have been if they never did anything after Matrix One? Oh my god! Imagine that movie ended. All we we're all like, "Wow, what a fucking masterpiece!" Instead, we're not getting here. a I mean, fourth movie. Think of it that way. That's fine. But it does like this movie takes place after those, right? Don't worry about all that. Oh, see, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I, me and Paula, very recently, last year, watched Matrix One, and she was like, "Should we watch Matrix Two and 3? And I was like, <laughs> no, no it, ends, it ends here. <laughs> There's no reason to make yourself sad. And now we're gonna do an in review. I'm sure. Yeah. And she's gonna have to watch two and three. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Housekeeping for you, it's September here on twitch.tv slash games. Viewers across the platform, so it's actually everywhere, uh, and throughout the month can take advantage of 20% off subscriptions for the first time subscribers and gifted subs. Your support means the world to us here at Kind of Funny. And right now, you can take advantage of this deal and receive benefits like ad-free viewing, sub emotes, and more. Of course, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening later, on a podcast service of your choice, consider coming over to uh, twitch.tv slash games, kicking us a sub. Remember, if you have Amazon Prime and you never even use Twitch, you have a free free sub to give away uh, each and every 30 days. They don't remind you. They don't want you to remember. They just want you uh, to, you know, forget about it and not use that benefit. Uh, Remember, there's a PlayStation Showcase today at 1 p.m. Pacific. 40 minutes of PlayStation yeah. goodness, we'll be reacting live on twitch.tv slash games. If you're listening later and you would like to see what we re- thought as it happened when we didn't know anything, because in the future we'll know everything, you can go, of course, to youtube.com slash games where we post all of our live reactions for game stuff. And Tim, on that note, we go mm-hmm. to patreon.com slash games where Ignacio Rojas writes in with last second PlayStation Showcase predictions. Nick, or Tim, clear mm-hmm. your mind. Don't look at the doc, all right? Clear your mind. C- completely empty. Okay, Grim, by the time you're reading this, you'll be hours away from the PlayStation Showcase. Since you guys weren't a part of the PSI Love You XOXO predictions, I'd like to get a few predictions from you. First, Tim, clear your mind. It's clear. Is this going to be a big presentation or will it just be an average one? You know, Bless and I talked about this a little bit uh, when this was announced last week on Games Daily, but I feel like it has to be a big one. Like, mm-hmm. just the way, with the fact that PlayStation didn't have to do this this year, uh, given the state of the world, given the state of play. I made that joke last week as well, accidentally, and I did it again accidentally this time. Um, they they kind of just don't need to do this. The PS5s are not readily available. It's not like there's going to be some big announcement that, hey, everyone, we found a, a way to make more. They're all here. Everyone that wants one, you get one, and you get one. It's just not possible, one. right? Yeah. Uh, and we already kind of know a lot about the fall for PlayStation 
and for, specifically for PlayStation 5, and we know a little bit about next year. So for them to come out and the way that they talked about this and they are using the same nomenclature as they did for the showcase they had last year that was their PS5 kind of reveal event that, if you remember, kind of was a two-parter event where there was the one in, I want to say, June, and then there was the one in, I want to say, August. But those dates might be wrong, but there was that level of time uh between the initial reveal of the ps5 we see the box see that there's two different ones all that and then getting that other event that that focused on big 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 reveals really? Final Fantasy 16 and all that stuff right yeah um so they announced a lot so i'm expecting we'll get some updates on uh games both that triple a perspective all the way down to the, the indie the strays and the solar ashes and like a lot of those games that we we saw at the showcase last year based on that showcase It'd be impossible to not expect this to be a, a huge uh, presentation for Sony. That was, in my opinion, the most insane back-to-back -back conferences we've ever had up there with some of the best E3 Sony shows and any Nintendo Direct. I'm with you. Uh, I think, yes, this will be a big one. This will not be an average one. This will not be one where we go, okay, that was cool, right? I think even the fact of their messaging, right? The PlayStation sh or the showcase will weigh in at around 40 minutes and include updates from PlayStation Studios and some of the industry's most imaginative developers for games releasing this holiday and beyond. Uh, I think that if you're going in and you're talking about what's going to be happening in PlayStation Studios, if you're talking about your first party like that, we are going to get something big, which I think then leads into some more of Ignacio's things. Clear your head. Clear your head. Don't look ahead. Oh, Don't look ahead, Tim! Uh, Look away, I Marion! I don't even have the dock up. Look away, Marion! Remember? Indiana Jones, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you want to talk about a movie that, like, with the exception of Crystal Skull, every Indiana Jones was fun. There you go. Not like The Matrix, where, you know, you two garbos. Uh, will Sony finally confirm Blue Point's acquisition today, Tim? Oh, you know, it gets rough because these PlayStation showcases haven't been... I'm coming out on stage and I'm going to talk to y'all yep. about stuff. So I don't really know how that would fit um, unless it's a little more subtle. And like, even this wouldn't make sense because this happened for Demon Souls, but like seeing the PlayStation Studios logo. Because if you remember, Greg, last year, one of the coolest moments of the PlayStation uh, reveal event was the amount of times we saw the PlayStation Studios logo open a trailer. Right. And it was like, oh, my God, they're really going to give us Miles Morales and Ratchet and Horizon and a tease at God of War like and Gran Turismo. And, like, holy crap, that was a fucking show. Yeah. And it's like I can imagine them uh, and Demon Souls as well. Um, I can imagine them having the PlayStation Studios thing and Blue Point like there. And it's like that type of thing. of, And then a tweet afterwards being like, hey, Blue Point's with us. Well, here's what's interesting about it. Stick with me. So. To Ignacio's question, will they confirm Blue Point's acquisition? During the showcase, I'm with you, Tim. I think it's a clunky, how do you do that? It's it's probably the disembodied voice. Is it going to be Herman Hulse? Is it going to be Talking Heads? We don't know what we're getting into. Yeah. But for what we've seen with most of you know the other ones, I would say you don't do it. I would say you show a Blue Point game, and then, yeah, you talk on the blog about the acquisition, right? Yeah. However... Let's do, let's take that line of thinking to this next question. Will we see a new Silent Hill and or something Metal Gear today? Feel it in my balls that we're seeing something Metal Gear. And like, look, I'm Tim Gettys, Gatorade, Get Hype, Craziness, all that stuff, right? Yeah. And what it really comes down to is, you know, there's going to be a lot of people. I'm not even looking at chat right now, but I'm sure there are people just being like, Tim's setting himself up to be disappointed. At the end of the day, everybody, I like to be excited about video games. And I like to hope and dream for the things that I hope and dream for. And when it comes to PlayStation Studios and when it comes to what they have done so far with the PS5 and what I expect them to keep doing... It's really hard to be disappointed because even if one 
something's not there. Even if God of War's not there, even if Spider-Man's not there, something else is going to be that's really damn exciting to me because they've just set up this world where instead of there just being the one thing of, oh, Breath of the Wild's not here, it's going to be a letdown. We're talking about God of War. We're talking about uh, potentially Spider-Man. We're talking about Last of Us. We're talking about Naughty Dog in general. We're talking about Metal. There's so many options. What's Blue Point remaking? So with all of that, like, Sure, it is pie in the sky. There's not too much evidence pointing towards it, but there's also not no evidence pointing towards Metal Gear from Blue Point. Do they show off God of War gameplay? I also am fairly confident we're going to see God of War. But is gameplay it is it going to be? Yeah, I was going to say, is it going to be cutscene? Complicated, but I mean, I, at, at the same time, like, why not? Like, I don't think it's going to be like a full ass gameplay demo, um, but I, I can imagine like there, we get a, a little bit of it. I, I think this will be more on the teaser side than anything, but I wouldn't be surprised if we see like a condensed version similar to the reveal of God of War 2018. Sure. Where it's like that sure. was gameplay, right? But it wasn't like that long or that it wasn't sh- and it wasn't like really showing you the gameplay gameplay of it, right? It yeah. was very much like the cinematography exactly yeah and i think I we see, see god of war today and I, I don't think we get a, a gameplay deep dive but i think we see god of war mm-hmm. here's an ignacio goes on clear your mind do they confirm storage expansion is available now slash soon under no circumstance that is not something you would do in this thing no that's just not this you're talking like if it was an old jack trenton e3 press conference which totally. i would you know whatever but no not that no 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 could we get ps1 ps2 ps3 games on ps5 um extremely unlikely i say like, no not today yeah it's a yes no thing don't give me your extremelys all right put some skin in the game all right then no don't play it safe like they did with matrix two and three garbo movies it's that what they did <laughs> are we getting a collection of older games on ps5 i.e infamous or resistance i mean black and white no i would say yeah that's the one that sucks the most because I want that's one I want to believe on. You know what I mean? Like I want to believe on Metal Gear, obviously as well. But I I want to believe there was a rumor we talked about from ComicBook.com this this week about an infamous, uh, and I'm like God, I I just can't I can't believe it. I want yeah. to believe I can't believe it. The the thing is to to go back to Blue Point and uh, I was talking about the evidence. Like th- remember those tweets? Like there were many tweets, not just one, like multiple tweets from Blue Point that were kind of like being yeah. cheeky and hinting and they hinted at demon souls which now exists right they also hinted at uh silent hill they also hinted at metal gear they also hinted at um castlevania symphony of night all of those except for demon souls konami games so there's something there that can't just be a like accident right and they know what they're doing like you got to be you don't want to abandon this and fuck people up till they don't care anymore. The final one I'll have you clear your mind for from Ignacio Rojas. Did they show off abandoned? Ooh. I I can't tell you. No fucking way. It is nuclear. That is uranium. You don't want to touch that nuclear waste at this point. Poison the chat. Get everybody fucking mad about something. No. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, what's the plan? What is that game? What's the plan for that game? What is Sony's involvement with that game and with the buffoonery around it? We'll have to see. (laughs) Wouldn't be surprised if we see it. (laughs) And it's bizarre as shit. Uh, remember ladies and gentlemen you can write in to be part of the show on patreon.com slash kind of funny games but if you're watching live you can correct us and 
in real time at uh, kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Uh, Charlie Jacobson writes in to say the second PlayStation conference was in September 2020 when they announced the pre-order for the PS5. And then also uh, the Kunkka writes in to say Neo restarting Trinity's heart is in Matrix Reloaded, not Matrix 1. So, Kevin, you fucked me on that one. Oh, boring fucking movie. I thought the best moment in that was a. Mo- I mean, that's the thing. If you want to talk more about yeah, Matrix I mean. Two and Three, is like I remember specific moments of being just bored out of my fucking mind and yeah. not make any sense. Remember these there fucking was, twins that they were like selling. They restart the heart, and yeah. then the woman eats cake and has an orgasm. That's what I remember. And like oh, these yeah. are moments they should have just. I it, he, Kevin, I'll tell you. I'll do the Nick Scarpino thing. You take Matrix One. Leave it as is, but you add in 15 minutes of scenes mm-hmm. grabbed from these other movies, you'd have mm-hmm. a one one great movie, and I'd be like, oh, mm-hmm. this is a conclusive ending to this movie. I love how you're out here acting like anybody has ever defended these sequels. <laughs> like, it's not like people are like, I love the Matrix franchise. Yes, there are people out oh, there. Oh, my that God. Not the look at our opinion. chat. And like, again, what I'm talking about, Boney's popping up left and right on Twitter. You got oh burned twice in a row, and you're here again. Like, you know what? Give Ghostbusters fan, Greg. Give me more gruel. Yeah, I got burned once, and I knew coming no. down the line it wasn't going to be great. Oh, Ooh. my God. Ghostbusters, too. Thank you to our Patreon producers, the Kind of Funny Destiny 2 PC clan uh, and Blackjack. Today, we're brought to you by Honey, DraftKings, and American Giant, but we'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. Time for some news. Six items on the Roper Report. Baker's dozen. We're going to start with Tim Getty's boy. A boy Tim Getty saved. I did You know him as Crash Bandicoot, and today is his 25th anniversary. Uh, we have an article here from Twinfinite where Giuseppe Nelva writes, Devs celebrate Crash Bandicoot's 25th anniversary with video and possible tease. Today, Crash Bandicoot celebrates its 25th anniversary, at least in North America, since it launched on September 8th, 1996, in Europe. And Toys for Bob is celebrating. We don't get any specific announcement, but instead the developer published a video starring uh, co-studio heads Avery uh, Lodato and Paul Yan as they talk about the legacy of the franchise and the latest games the studio has handled for Activision. Uh, that being said, we do get to what appears to be a tease at the end, with uh, Tan mentioning that fans should follow the Crash Bandicoot and Toys for Bob social accounts for the latest news and Lodato adding that we'll see more of Crash very soon. Mm-hmm. Tim. Mm-hmm. Do you believe you will see more Crash Bandicoot soon? I, I, I mean, I would be really fucking shocked uh, if I'm being honest right now. Like, it kind of seems like they did their thing. And, like, to look at Activision not even bringing in all the fucking horrible situations going on uh, sure. with Activision Blizzard. Like, just they've been handling their platformer team and the remake team so poorly uh, in recent times, kind of putting everything into the, the Call of Duty uh, development teams or, uh, you know, other other aspects whether it's overwatch or etc um so i struggle to think of what team would be working on a new crash game and if they are um i don't think that it's going to be like crash 5 um i think it'd be like some mobile situation like we had crash on the run recently but i imagine there's been a lot of um and i I, i'm not fully up to date on this but uh, uh liam robertson um dope dude on twitter uh who uh does a lot of like it was g Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of uh deep dives into like canceled games and like behind closed doors like things that didn't happen and all that stuff and just really good uh investigative reporting on that and he's been 
really deeply like diving into like uh canceled crash projects and has i've just seen just from his twitter a bunch of just like images of stuff of, of some wampa league game that kind of seemed like a a multiplayer like games as a service crash game uh that doesn't seem to exist anymore but if this is if there is a new crash game i wouldn't be surprised given the direction activision's been going that we get some of that garbage okay okay yeah but celebrating crash's birthday only the true homies get to party with them. You know what I'm talking about? Ah, a, you did get that thing. Send me a pinata. That's a wampa fruit. If you didn't know, it, it is. You know, if you're an, if you're an audio is. listener, Tim has a wampa fruit pinata, as made mm-hmm. famous by the one and only Jonathan Dornbush on Twitter, who put his up yesterday. Guess what's it in is. it, Kevin? I I don't know. An Candy. insane amount of pixie sticks. Oh shit! I love pixie sticks. Kevin, you yeah. gonna go over there? On that bitch? I don't. I mean, this. I always talk about how these freaking companies just keep sending trash. This is like legitimate trash. Why would you oh, do this? I'm so the, upset about it. What? Wait, what? Oh my god. What? You're mad that they? I mean, like, first off, why even open it? Because it's just a cool wampa fruit pinata, right? That's I opened the cool it. Part. But that's the thing. I didn't know that. I opened it because this is Crash 25th anniversary box. I'm like, this better have something cool in it. I hope it has something cool in it. And I open it up. It's this fucking pinata with the tiniest goddamn hammer I've ever seen. Like, look at Jonathan Dornbush's Twitter. You can I've see the, the picture of this fucking small hammer. I'm hitting the goddamn pinata. Nothing's happening. I turn the hammer up so it's the other way. And I just fucking start stabbing the goddamn thing. Jesus. Put my hand in there. Pull it out and cut all over. Why? Staples. So many goddamn staples in this pinata. Crash Bandicoot once again hurts me. Once again hurts me, Greg Miller. And I'm like, what's in here pixie sticks great i fucking hate pixie sticks i love pixie sticks kevin would have opened it for you you know don't i'm worry sure about it. send it to kevin okay send it to <laughs> fucking kevin you know how many goddamn boxes of garbage i have i'm so upset about this if you're going to do pr mailers make them cool things i'm sorry or don't send garbage this is garbage this hammer is garbage i'm ungrateful that's what i am look me in the eyes greg tell it to me you're I, I I mean you're you have emotions and they sent you stuff I understand I hope uh, you know I, I'm on a lot of mailer lists too and I hope I get <laughs> the matrix press back mm-hmm. and it's just an apology mm-hmm. <laughs> an apology for two and three that's all I'm asking for is apologize yeah. for it I think they did oh did they kebabs of course ladies and gentlemen a kind of funny community member you may know he writes in all the time and is in that chat all the time also Right behind Tim is the biggest Crash Bandicoot fan in the world. Sorry, Cheeks Jr. Uh, Kebabs writes in and says, uh, What's up, KFGD crew? Today's Crash Bandicoot's 25th anniversary, or birthday. Uh, the original games have always been contentious for the way they handle 3D level design, basically being side-scrollers with the camera behind Sonic's ass. That's what he says. Uh, what do you think is something Crash did well that Sonic and Mario didn't do in their 3D outings at the time? Timothy, you're an expert at Crash Bandicoot and all things coot. Platforming. Like they they translated 2D Mario games to 3D in a literal way, where Mario 64 went a completely different route and made it a big sandbox collectathon adventure, you know, kind of sure. a way more open experience. Whereas Crash was 100% based on the platforming obstacles and dodging enemies and timed jumps and all that. Which uh, you look at Mario 64, and that is there's a handful of stars that require some like precision platforming. Um, like in the pyramid, there's a bunch of stuff, TikTok clock, there's a there's a bunch, but otherwise it is just kind of more about exploring and collecting things. And then you look at the Sonic side, and um, especially that that era, I mean, we didn't even really get a 3D Sonic game until Adventure on the Dreamcast, uh, which it's the anniversary today. 
of the the Dreamcast. It is September 9th. Wow, look there at that. Go. Nobody remember. They only remember <laughs> Crash Bandicoot. <laughs> yeah, and um, you know, with Sonic Adventure, it kind of went a little bit more of a hodgepodge like different gameplay styles with multiple characters and um some didn't work and some really didn't work um i'm spicy today everybody and uh i don't mind do it be spicy but it kind of just translated the the sonic levels had that more like roller coaster you know going through the loops just gotta go fast type methodology but it didn't so much have the the platforming that sonic was also known for so i think crash really did the best job of translating the 2d spirit of sonic and mario into into 3d all right thank you for your class yetis Mm -hmm. and the one the only the bandicoot uh we have breaking news for you right now ladies and gentlemen we're getting it from nival over on twitter who says rumor new twisted metal game in development according to vgc sources and grub game is supposedly early in development and an attempt to synergize with their new movie slash tv strategy of course we had heard a while back about a twisted metal thing happening i'm going to jump over to vgc where andy robinson writes in and says a new twisted metal is in development to coincide with the tv series it's claimed Sony Interactive Entertainment is planning to revive twist, the Twisted Metal series to coincide with its upcoming television adaptation, it's been claimed. That's according to Games Beat journalist Jeff Grubb. It matches what VGC has heard from its own sources. Grubb said on his latest Giant Bomb video show, parentheses, paywall, and that's what he, he, they call him Jeff Grubb because he's money grubbing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that he heard. <laughs> that he'd heard a revival go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games that he'd heard a revival of the car combat game was an early development and represented a broadening of sony's first party game strategy to synergize with its movies and television projects quote i think twisted metal is in the works but it may still be a ways off so i think we're early grub said that speaks to a larger strategy shift from sony well it's not even a shift it's a broadening of their strategy if they have twisted metal ready to show at thursday's showcase they might but either way it does seem like it's in the works uh, it does seem that it's coming, and it does seem like it does not involve David Jaffe. Twisted Metal uh, television project was announced in May 2019 and is in works at PlayStation's Productions and Movie TV Studios. So there you go, Twisted Metal fans. Still a yeah. weird one. Remember when they pitched the Twisted Metal show, it didn't sound like what Twisted Metal usually is, which isn't bad because I think what Twisted Metal normally is wouldn't work as a show. Mm, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm interested. I, I've, I've heard these rumors as well, and I'm – I, I'm stoked that it seems like it's being corroborated by by Grubb and them because that means it's there's probably some legitimacy to it actually happening. Will we see it today? Probably not. Um, but yeah, no I've way. always loved Twisted Metal. Like since the the first iteration, like I was a huge fan. Obviously, two was the was my favorite. But um, until Black and like Black really changed the game. Came at the right time where it's like, oh, here's this fucking dark. Like we're saying motherfucker. Like it's crazy. You're playing oh, a man, PlayStation Two adult. game and they said motherfucker. This is an um, and and so I was I was all about it. And then it you know kind of like petered out over time and uh when they brought it back in uh 20 2009 or 11 one of the two um 2010 now that i say it uh at the playstation e3 show that was the first e3 i was ever at and they brought out the sweet tooth truck and like they had the super hype uh video playing to to announce twisted metals coming back and i was losing my shit i was so excited we were going to get a playstation 3 twisted metal and it ended up just not being at all what i care about about twisted metal they focused on all the wrong elements and it it really just kind of fell apart to me where i'm like this ain't it um so going back to the drawing board and kind of like making a different type of twisted metal now uh on ps5 i'm really interested in what that could look like i think that there's a great cast of characters and there's a lot of fun that could be had 
uh, with that type of like car combat uh, tournament for dreams and all this shit. Like there's a cool element that I feel like you can modernize it and not quite God of War it uh, in the way of like <laughs> more of the games of all time, uh, but just in the way of like sweet tooth has a kid. what we remember um from it and taking elements and kind of making them mean a little bit more than they used to what i'm wondering man twisted metal ps3 what was the what's the was is there even a metacritic around there there we go 76 on that huh mm-hmm. i remember clemency i'm on the ign review gave it a nine and i remember that was that thing where at previews it played really well and we enjoyed it for what it was and then he got the review code in and we all stayed behind one night at ign to play with him and it was mm-hmm. that thing where I never was inclined to play it, play it again. I had a fun time that night, yeah. but I was never like, this is a game I have to go back to, that I have to be part of. Yeah, in the story mode, I was always like so invested in the the goofy-ass like you know intro, middle, and ending cinematics that uh, would build the story for these characters and how they all kind of interweaved in different ways. Like it's it's a fighting game, but you're with cars. Like it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and then the PS3 one like made a really 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 bold choice of eliminating all the characters and instead it was like rival gangs you and there was gangs, like the doll face right? yeah. gang yeah. there's the preachers and then it was the the clowns with sweet tooth and the single player was like semi live action but like it was a really bizarre art choice where it was like live action but everything was heavily green screened but like that was kind of the the look of it and it worked to an extent uh but the story they were telling was just so on twisted metal for everything they've done before that like that was backed up with gameplay that i think strived a little too hard too soon to be this massive online game and i just think the ps3 wasn't at that place yet i think that if if that game had come out with some changes here and there in the ps4 era i think it actually would have been a different story interesting well, I'll be, I'll, it'll be fascinating to see what this TV show ends up being and what this game ends up being. And yeah, what a mm. modern look of it looks like, right? Because even with that PlayStation 5 game, the uh, the the one that was going to be a launch game and then came out as PlayStation Plus and then no one ever fucked played again. Destruction All-Stars. All-Stars. Destruction All-Stars, right? That was like such a weird pick of like, well, you have this license of Twisted Metal. Why wouldn't you put yeah. it on there in some way? Modernize Seriously. it that way. Do something with that. Twist that way. Uh, nanobiologist and kind of funny.com slash you're wrong. Says Twisted Metal was 2012. I don't know at what point we said or didn't know the date, uh, but there you go. Number two on the Roper Report, believe it or not, somehow. Uh, Bugsnacks developers Young Horses are moving to a four-day work week. We go to Megan over at Axios. Bugsnacks developer Young Horses is permanently altering its work weeks to only four days in an effort to create a healthier work-life balance at its studio. Why it matters. The video game industry is known for intense crunch, but moving away from even 40-hour work weeks is proof that the model doesn't need to be the norm. Uh, the team of eight switched to four-day work weeks in July as part of a unanimously decided trial run. Uh, run. Young Horses co-founder and president Phil Tibetowski told Axios. Uh, the team's production schedule uh, was already set to was already set to an expected 35 hours per week for each full-time uh, person. Transitioning to 32 hours only meant a three-hour loss. Quote, might as well give people the peace of mind that they can relax doing their own thing on their own time than have someone feel guilty uh, for doing it at work. We know what we have to do. We know what we have to get done and by when. Or we're making our own schedule entirely and things get done when they get done. But yes, that transition is it's easier due to the team size. Uh, quote, it's easier for us to implement because of to, to measure our small team's output is simple relative to those bigger studios. So our trial period and decision making is faster than a studio who has to get buy-in from so many departments and investors, end quote. Uh, 
A studio goal has always been to foster a healthier, creatively fulfilling business that supports our lifestyles, Phil said. Those lifestyles being uh, ones where growth uh, of the studio is not very important, but sustainability of the happiness of the people who work there is much more our focus, end quote. Phil told that. Phil told Axios uh, that he believes a four-day work week is possible at the larger studios. Quote, but you have to have buy-in from the top and their goals slash processes slash expectations have to be adapted to support the change. There are people who always want more, who are never satisfied with what they have, and who will sacrifice the well-being of their employees to get there. Bottom line from Axios, quote, if we're all happier to be at work because we're well-rested, I think we're going to be better off in the long run, end quote. Tim, when is kind of funny going to a four-day work week? Uh, I mean, I, that's very, very doubtful, especially with just the way we do things. I think that sure. this makes a lot of sense. You have to look at your team and what you're doing and what you're actually trying to accomplish and like what what work actually is. We, we talk about this a lot, Greg, of like the value of an hour. And I always argue that not all hours are equal. And like just looking at what we do, it kind of funny. An hour of being on a show is feels like way more work than another just hour of doing something else. And I feel like looking at it, it's like we don't necessarily expect eight-hour workdays from our team because the hours we're putting in are worth different things. That's sure. us, right? Looking at uh, the, this small uh, development team, video games are different, like the way that things are kind of judged and expected and the responsibilities. Like only the people at that company know how to, to look at it and make sure that they're hitting their goals and accomplishing what they're trying to do, which at the end of the day is the sole goal of these jobs, right? Is like yeah. making this video game for them. So if this works best for them, that's awesome. And it's great that they can kind of like put their foot down and set this as a, uh, not a standard, but as an option, like just to show other developers like, hey, like, look, there's another way to do things just because you've been doing it this way for so long doesn't mean that that is right for you and right for your team. Yeah, I think you, you nail it on a lot of different fronts there, right? Of like, obviously, as the industry struggles with crunch and struggles with work-life balance, it is about, you know, these personalized solutions. And I think, you know, as Phil talks about in the article here, in, you know, young horses being a small team means they're able to sit there and figure it out. And I'd like to think that that's how kind of funny is too, right? Where it's what you're talking about that, you know, when you do push yourself too hard or too far, or you feel like you're getting stressed out, or you see something coming down the line, you're able to tell us like, okay, cool. Like, you know, Kevin does it when he it needs to. And I know Kevin obviously makes everything runs around here, but it is that thing of like, all right, cool. I'm going to take this afternoon off, or I'm going to take, I'm going to try to pop off for this day. And sometimes like that, you know, Avengers stuff, we couldn't do it the way you wanted to uh, Kev, but we, you know, we hope that nets out in the end. And we hope that, yeah, you know, like blessing talks to me all the time about it. Right. Of like, he, we juggle a schedule and he's on two shows back to back. So in the afternoon, like he's kind of a ghost, right? Like he's on Slack if you need him for something, but he's playing a game. He's resting. He's doing whatever he needs to do because we're trying to move people around for the best work-life balance possible and energy and quality of life, right? And I think that, again, is something you can see at a small company like this, whereas like at a bigger company, it would be a struggle. And I can, and I'm not casting stones, but at IGN, when we worked there, right, like, it would have been weird, I feel, for me to leave a day early or you leave and you just knock off every so often on an afternoon. It could have been possible. I could have had that conversation with the boss. I could have done whatever, but I didn't. And it would have been, you know, you, it's the same thing you always talk about with like an E3 or whatever. Everybody in the trench is working nonstop, doing this whole thing. And you feel like that's what you have to do, even if you're not mentally there. Even when I was going through chemo, right? Like I didn't want to leave early. Yeah. No, I mean, it's it's interesting. I, I feel like we're so lucky that we had that experience because then when we went to Kind of Funny, we were able to look at it and be like, we need to count playing games as part of your work day, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like that is part of your job when you're blessing 
you know, like yeah. for, for depending on who you are, certain things, watching a movie for in review counts as work, you know? Sure. So it's like that type of stuff, I think. Uh, and again, those hours in the same argument I made earlier of like being on a show, that one hour might equal more than one hour. I think that watching a movie might equal less than an hour for that hour that it is. You get what I'm saying? But like, that's just that understanding of what the actual job is and what the role is and what how to make the best product at the end of the day for whatever that product is. And I just think it's all about expectations and an understanding of you are working as a team and and what you're getting compensated for that work. So with this, then saying the uh, it's four-day work week instead of five, it's like there's a lot of questions I have that I, I'd be interested in. Like, does this mean that like there's an expectation that they're working more hours each of those four days or not? And if if so, like, what is that expectation with salary versus contract? Like, sure. there's so many layers to the reality of workforce and how all this works, uh, where it's like, for example, Gia, like her last job that she was at paid her very well. And they straight up said the expectation is you're working 50 hour work weeks, like 50 hours a week is what is being expected for you for doing this job. And you're going to get this much and it's and all these other benefits or whatever. And it's like that is absolutely fair you are signing up for it and like that is what you're getting into right which is different than other situations where it's not clear what you're being asked or how much you're expected to work and the assumption is it's an eight hour work day but you ended up maybe having to work 12 one day and you know whatever and all of a sudden it slips and that's just the norm and yeah. you're not getting compensated for that you're not like nobody's looking out for you in that situation this at the end of the day is good because people are looking out for the situation is this the right way to do it? I don't know. Is this, Should this be the standard? I definitely don't think so. But I think that if this works for your team, then why the hell not? And I, Yeah, and I think that's the biggest thing. What works for your team, right? And even Phil has the quote in here. Quote, we know we have to get done and by when. Or we're making our own schedule entirely and things get done when they get done. And I think that's... It without you know we're not we're, we're not on a four day work week thing and again that is I think a bit you know we have a daily show and all these different things about it right uh, but it is that idea that like I think our employees know what's expected of them and you know what I mean if you're getting your stuff done yeah why not knock off or whatever you know yeah, Kevin's very open about and I'm this is not a knock Kevin this is Kevin's open when he plays Fortnite during a work day or when you know what I mean or like when he has to knock off and go do something and run an errand or whatever I know Kevin's killing himself to make this show and all the other shows run so as long as those shows are running. Kevin's, you know, seeing the movies he needs to see to talk about in review. Am I wrong, Kevin? You're an employee. I feel like, uh, are we speaking out of our ass here? Do we do a good job, no, like, no, making no, sure yeah, you guys yeah, don't kill totally, each other? You, or you're you totally right. Uh, uh, yeah, I think definitely we do find time uh, to, you know, relax and breathe. Because sometimes, yeah, sometimes we go 24 hours on a Saturday. Um, we told you not to. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, I don't care. It was fun. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh man, you should have been there. It was electric. But I mean, even that's a good example. I think, right? Yeah. Of like, you know, you but know, like, you weren't was, expected to go twenty four hours. <laughs> no one asked me, you to go. That was, that was me and Mike having a great time and like going with the momentum of the chat, and it's really fun. Like, did I get in trouble with my wife? Sure, a little bit. What are you gonna do? You're always uh, in trouble with Paula, though. <laughs> yeah. She looks over there. You're eating a big ham. She gets mad. I understand. <laughs> but um, it's just yeah, and. I, I don't think I, I took any days off, but like I certainly like I had mentally prepared for having that Sunday to just chill and relax. And and we do those kind of things all the time. 
ladies and gentlemen, we do a lot of cool stuff here, and we like to think we take care of our employees. And one of the reasons we're able to do that is because of your support on Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games. That was good. Thank you. Over on Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games, of course, you can toss us a few bucks to say, hey, we like what you're doing. We like being part of this community. That would, of course, get you the ability to write into the shows. It would get you the ability to squat up. It would get you the ability to get the exclusive post show we do each and every weekday. And, of course, it would get you the show ad-free. But guess what, Jack? Right now, you're not listening on Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games. So here's a word from our sponsor online shopping everybody does it there's no shame in it unless you're doing it without honey that is then you should be ashamed of yourself that's because honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best ones it finds to your cart honey supports over 30,000 stores online from tech and gaming sites to fashion brands and even food delivery it's also super simple to use when you go to check out the honey button drops down and all you have to do is click apply codes then sit back and relax and honey will search for coupons if it finds a working one you'll watch the price drop kevin and tim swear by honey everything they buy they run through honey first just to make sure we're making sure we get that best price possible kevin and tim love honey every single thing we buy especially for the new studio we use honey for because we want to make sure we're getting the best price possible if you don't already have honey you could be straight up missing out on free savings it's literally free and installs in a few seconds and by getting it you'll be doing yourself a solid at supporting this podcast we never recommend anything we don't use ourselves so go over get honey for free at joinhoney.com games that's joinhoney.com games it's finally here the nfl is back and DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the nfl has millions of reasons to get you excited Literally millions, because to kick off the football season, DraftKings is giving new customers a free shot at a $1 million top prize, with a total of $4 million up for grabs for Thursday's opener. Getting in on Thursday night's single-game showdown is easy. Draft six players from the season opener, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Download the DraftKings app now and use code KFGD. This week, new customers can get a free shot at the $1 million top prize and $4 million in total prizes. Enter code KFGD to get a free shot at the $1 million top prize with your first deposit. That's code KFGD only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. American Giant isn't just the name of the people who make the greatest hoodie ever made. No exaggeration. The folks over at American Giant call themselves that because they know the power of supporting local manufacturers, communities, and workers. That's why they produce everything in America with the added bonus of getting to obsess over every single detail of their clothing at every step. And let me tell you, those two things close to home for me. I love great quality. I love made in America. And I love when people obsess over details. American Giant began with the belief that local makes better. Every detail matters, and the clothes you wear every day should be beautiful and durable. But they didn't stop there. After their first best-selling hoodie, they expanded well beyond it, continuing to revolutionize your everyday wardrobe and leaving things better than they were before. Explore American Giant's collection of durable essentials at AmericanGiant.com. And you get 20% off when you use code KFGD at checkout. That's 20% off at American-Giant.com. The promo code KFGD. Tim, can you believe that man, Nick Scarpino, has a personal YouTube channel that just hit 100,000 subscribers no. and has a bunch of Doritos fake commercials that have a million views? Legitimately, one of the most bizarre moments of my life has been Nick Scarpino's YouTube channel getting 100,000 subscribers and having multiple multi million viewed 
fake Doritos commercial, including one that last I looked was like at 70 million views. What the hell? Monster, Batman. I personally am proud of him. You know what I mean? I'm proud of him. I just hate him. Uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, coming off of that uh, last story, we were talking about work-life balance and how Young Horses is doing it right. Of course, I mentioned yesterday in our Twitch stream we'd be talking about uh, work-life balance today for mental health because I'm doing the whole thing with Cloud9, Presence of Mind. It's the show I was doing with Alana and Khalif. We were, we did 25 minutes yesterday, a little segment, me and Mike about it. Today, 25 more minutes. If you want to learn more about work-life balance and mental health and why uh, mental health shouldn't be something you're ashamed of and it should be something we all talk about, you can go to c9.gg greg p-o-m greg palm for a presence of mind well, but where i'm going with all this work-life balance talk about how young horses appears to be doing it right we're going to do number three and talk about how it turns out retro studios wasn't doing it right uh, metroid prime's crunch was so bad that it nearly broke retro studios we're reading uh, from ign.com where logan plant writes Metroid Prime is nearly 20 years old, but in a new interview, it's shedding light on the development of the groundbreaking series. Former Retro Studios developer Mike Wicken uh, went on an episode of the Kiwi Talks podcast to discuss crunch within Retro during the development of Metroid Prime, as well as the effort from Nintendo to change the Metroid Prime trilogy's writing to fit within the Metroid Prime universe. Uh, in this case, it dates back to 2002 when the Austin, Texas-based Retro Studios was developing the first ever 3D Metroid game in partnership with Nintendo. Wiccan, who worked on the game, said that crunch was a big problem during the development of Metroid Prime. Quote, I had two times where I was there for 48 hours straight with one hour of sleep and then a couple of 36-hour days, Wiccan said. The last nine months were pretty much there. We, the last nine months we were there pretty much 24-7 working on the game, end quote. After Metroid Prime shipped, Wiccan said morale was low within Retro's, Retro's ranks. In fact, according to Wiccan, many team members were ready to quit, and Wiccan himself even had multiple job offers on the table. Then things changed when the at the studio when Nintendo stepped in. Quote, to their credit, Nintendo realized what was going on, and they came in and took over the company. They bought it out, Wiccan said. After Nintendo bought R Retro, Nintendo of America's Michael Kelbog uh, was put in charge. Wiccan said he asked Retro employees to give him a few weeks to turn it around, and eventually, quote, restored faith in the leadership. The turbulent past of Retro Studios pre-Nintendo was well documented. The studio has a history of layoffs, crunch, and unrealized ambition prior to Nintendo's decision to, keep, to step in and put Kelbog uh, in charge, uh, who is still the president of Retro Studios today. Tim, mm -hmm. crunch sucks. This is ridiculous. 48 yeah. hours work, you know what I mean? Like This is, again, where it's one of those, I think, as much as crunch gets talked about now, it... And people are like, why do you talk about it so much? I think it's because it used to be this bad. And I'm not saying it's not probably this bad somewhere we don't know about or anything else, but like crunch isn't has gotten better. I think the more people have talked about it and realized this really isn't acceptable. Well, you just gotta learn from these lessons, right? Like the this being talked about 2002, like that's a long time ago. And it's like that, but it's also not that long ago. Video games have only been around for a handful of decades. So with this, it's like we need to kind of learn some lessons. And the more these things are being talked about, like as bad as they are, and like they're absolutely horrible, but it's like if we weren't talking about this right now, we wouldn't know, you know? So it's like yeah. I feel like the these two news stories back to back like are, are just a good example of the 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 shift that is happening. And it, it's I don't even want to say it's slow. I think it's actually in the grand scheme of things happening really quickly where uh, there's a lot of things that go hand in hand, whether it's work-life balance, whether it is mental health, whether it is just like the understanding of um, what can be expected from video games um, in, in any way. And I think 
there's a much better understanding and like there's a, a much greater ability for people to of of any kind of range be able to create video games as an indie developer if they wanted to because the tools are out there there's a lot less uh like gates uh to to get behind in order to get into game development so with more developers out there with more access to information and knowledge and ability to kind of have different teams pop up like there's going to be a lot more people that are all of a sudden in charge of a team Sure. making a video game and they're they never planned for that but because of these conversations they're going to be a little bit more well equipped to from the ground level make sure their team's being ran well making sure that their team is being treated fairly so that it doesn't turn into an issue when hopefully they become a major developer one day yeah 100 percent right it has to be uh, something moving from the core and you have to have it i think come from the ground up and so i think the fact that more people are willing to talk about it now and uh out these practices that are, you know, uh, abusing the workers when those workers eventually get promoted, or right, are able to change it now, but get promoted up, they're able to say, we don't want that. We don't want to build it. It's similar to what we were talking about earlier with work-life balance for kind of funny, right? Is that we don't want people to feel the way we felt. And again, I'm not trying to damn IGN. It's just where we worked before, right? But it was that mentality in your own head. We want to drive out. And that comes from a boss level, right? Of like, I'm, I'm taking three months off for paternity leave right here as soon as this kid pops. And it's like, that's not exclusive to me because I own the company, right? It's the fact that we want to make sure we're taking care of each other and our families that are also intrinsically tied to making kind of funny, kind of funny. Yeah, totally. And, you know, to be extremely honest about uh, my experience at IGN and my experience with the people around me at IGN, it's like there was a lot of those bad situations, but they didn't feel bad. They felt like normal. It and felt I like bonding. That's, that it felt like bonding. It felt like a bunch of positive things. And it's like looking back at it, honestly, I still I look back at it with nothing but fondness. Like, of course, yeah. I have my criticisms, but like even like the the crunch of the bad stuff, it felt fun. It felt like we're all in this together. We're all doing something together. And it's like that is the problem, right? Is like that, that you know that and in some ways it's not the problem. It just shows that it like even when it is not that bad, it can be bad, and you just don't know that it's like wearing away at you know, it shouldn't be that way. That's the thing. And I think that because of all this, I guarantee IGN's not the same anymore. I oh, guarantee sure. yeah, yeah. that they've adapted and changed because the whole industry is adapted and changed because they have to for good reason. Well, IGN wasn't even the same when we were there, right? When we were when we were leaving compared to when I started in 2007. Like I remember that first or second. No, I would have been the second E3 because we actually had a war room. And like, you know, it's when IGN covered everything. The, the thing was we were going to cover every game at E3. And I remember almost skipping the team celebration dinner because I still had to write a three. Uh, no, I still had to write a DS preview of Agatha Christie, Agatha Christie's murder mysteries or whatever. And Levi Buchanan was my roommate. And he's like, "Come on, we're all gone." I'm like, "No, I got to finish this preview." He's like, "What preview are you working on?" I'm like Agatha Christie DS. He's like, "Get the fuck up!" I'm like, hey, you know what I mean? But like that entire dinner, I felt like I was doing something wrong because everybody was else was there. Like, "Oh, and I'm done, and I have to write anymore." And I was like, "Oh fuck, I still have to write this Agatha Christie thing." You know what I mean? And it was this, you know yoke on my shoulders of we, we are covering every game this has to happen yeah ridiculous. let's continue on talking about things changing in the industry we're gonna go to number four ubisoft's got a new cco this is eddie at GameSpot. of course uh, he talks about it in the opening paragraph i don't have to recap following reports about ubisoft's alleged toxic frat house culture the french publisher has announced the appointment of a new chief creative officer who will be responsible for working with the company's studios to quote include diverse perspectives and sensibilities however a ubisoft workers advocacy group has expressed some concerns uh igor man and I would say man show because it's like Bo, but with a C show, right? Man show, you think? 
I'm going to say man show until somebody corrects me. A 20-year veteran of Ubisoft uh, who most recently worked uh, as creative director on Riders Republic will be the new chief creative officer reporting to CEO Yves Gilmore. Uh, man show will also join Ubisoft's uh, executive committee. Serge Hascott uh, was Ubisoft's previous chief creative officer. He was called out for abusing his significant influence over staff and encouraging a toxic work environment. Guimont stepped into the role in an interim. The chief creative officer uh, role is a big and important one at Ubisoft. The publisher said Mancho will be in charge of, quote, defining and nurturing Ubisoft's overall creative vision and guiding the creative direction of its games so that they are accessible, uh, irresistible, and enriching for all players, end quote. Mancho will work closely with stakeholders in all the company's studios to include uh, diverse perspectives and sensibilities that will feed the creative spirit of the group, Ubisoft said. Mancho will work closely with Ubisoft's chief creator. Oh, and this is just going on in the thing about Ubisoft. Uh, regarding his own personal journey at Ubisoft, he started the company in 1998. He's been doing a bunch of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A Ubisoft uh, workers advocacy group, a better Ubisoft, responded to the news of Mancho getting promoted. The group said it looks forward to working with Mancho to promote create. Uh, to promote change, but it also acknowledged the, quote, shocking lack of diversity among Ubisoft's executive teams. Quote, currently, as it stands, the creative team at Ubisoft is comprised of white people who are of uniform cultural backgrounds. And then there's a full statement you can read over on GameSpot or wherever you want to get your a better Ubisoft news. Tim, that's the takeaway, right? Of like, Okay, they got rid of this guy who was listed as a toxic part of the problem, fostering a toxic work environment. But they're just putting in a twenty-year veteran who's been there forever. And it's like, well, yeah. is this really? At, is he, he sounds like that would probably be a part of the problem still, right? Yeah. No, I mean this. It's interesting. Seems like a, a weird choice. Not a choice I would make. I can tell you that. I, I feel like there's a a reckoning coming at some point, and I just don't know when it is, and I don't know why it hasn't happened already. Um, but this seems like a truly bizarre choice for Ubisoft to make at this point in time where it, it seems extremely tone deaf and it seems like they're um, missing the message. Like they're, they're being told it loud and clear and instead they're kind of acting this way. It's weird. I'm seeing this all happen a lot. Like without going too far into this, like with Bachelor last year, there was like a lot of racial issues with that show uh, to the point that the the executive producer and host is fired and not part of the franchise anymore and like it was real bad and then you look at what's happening this season and they made some changes but they didn't fix any of the problems and it's just like what the fuck abc and you look at this what the fuck ubisoft like how are we at this place in the world where we're at with everything that has happened the last couple years and this is their their make good this is their their best foot forward i just don't believe it like it it's it's ridiculous and like this shouldn't happen this way yeah, and remember again, like right, Ubisoft says this is to quote include diverse perspectives and sensibilities, right? That's he's responsible for working with the company studios to include diverse perspectives and sensibilities, right? But then, yeah, the fact that he's just been there forever, right, and falls in line. The I'm over on the statement here. You can go a better Ubisoft on Twitter is where you can go get this. Uh, uh, you know, follow them as they try to make a better Ubisoft. This uh, collection of employees here, right? But then they have this whole thing here, and then go. There is no clear expression of the creative process, and there is a shocking lack of diversity in the VPs. We're acknowledging the hire, hiring of BioJade Adam Granger, uh, but not much progress has been made beyond that, especially given the two additional VPs were meant to be hired. Currently, as it stands, the creative team at Ubisoft is comprised of white people who are a uni of uniform cultural backgrounds. This leaves us with a lack of confidence in the future shape of the editorial team. 
with Patrick Plorudu, uh, continued to remain in his role as VP editorial despite the multiple misconduct uh, reports filed against him. Will Serge Hayscott, who I talked about earlier, former right-hand person, is still involved in the recruitment of high-level uh, creative positions. So yeah, like you're saying, Tim, right? They're they're making moves, but like it doesn't seem like they're making actual ones of consequence. Yeah. Hmm. We're in a very complicated place right now, but there are some things that shouldn't be complicated. There's some things that should be clearly a bad look. This is one of them. Number five on the Roper Report, we have some Luna news. I'm going to run through. If you like, if you like Luna, there's new news. Uh, first off, you and I'm, I'm paraphrasing Eddie at GameSpot. I have the bullet points uh, from my email as well, though. Uh, basically, Luna's over on Fire, so you, the Fire tablet, you can start using the Luna app over there. Uh, they're going to do new, new channels. One of the new channels launching today is the Family Channel, which offers a carefully curated group of 35-plus games that are appropriate for younger players. The channel costs $3 a month, includes titles like SpongeBob, Square Pants, Battle for a Bikini Bottom, Rehydrated, Garfield, Cart, Furious Racing, and Transformers Battlegrounds. Skate Bird will come to the channel later this month. Amazon also announced that Far Cry 6th on October 7th and Rider Republic October uh, 28th will launch October 280s. What is this? We'll launch uh, with uh, that and everything else from the Ubisoft channel. Looking ahead, they're going to, uh, Amazon is going to be doing a retro gaming uh, channel soon with games from Atari and SNK, among others. Uh, oh, the other big announcement, this is Eddie, is a new co op feature for Amazon Luna. Uh, the new Luna Couch option lets you play games like Sonic Team Racing and Overcooked 2, among others, cooperatively even if you're not in the same room. Perhaps the most exciting part of this is that only the host needs to be a Luna subscriber. The guests can play for free. The host creates a game session which generates a Luna code uh, that the friend can use, a Luna couch code the friend can use. Amazon also announced that uh, all Prime members in the U.S. can play play four games. On Luna at no cost next week, September 9th through the 15th, including Resident Evil 7, Metro, Exodus, Katamari, Damacy, Reroll, and Monster Boy in the Cursed Kingdom. Prime subscribers can already request an early access invite for Luna, but now they can simply jump in through the Luna website. Finally, announced Am- finally Amazon announced a new bundle that comes with a Fire TV Stick, 4K Max, and the Luna controller for $100. That's cool. I think that the one person having it and other people being able to play, it's like... That stuff's always nifty. You know, I remember the the DS when it first came out and like it had the the features sure. like with with the uh, Mario 64 DS Mar- where it's like you could play the multiplayer. One person has it and like as long as you have multiple DSs you can play. Same with Kart. Cool. Remember they did it with Kart. That was awesome. Yeah, yeah. So that's how I got sold on Mario Kart DS when I was waiting for to buy my Wii in line at GameStop or pre-order my Wii. There was a guy there who shared it with me and I was like this is awesome so I went up there and pre-ordered that and bought that very cool yeah luna if isn't it neat right like you know i've talked about it on a million shows so i won't bend your too long about it but like i love cloud gaming trying and trying to move forward and trying to do this different stuff obviously i'm so entrenched in console culture that i'm i'm happy and i i also am in a place where obviously i get uh, games for review all the time so i'm not as much looking for the deal or the channel or how does that go but we've done we've used luna and granted i've used luna uh why well, i subscribed to luna on my own uh when it launched and used it there and then we have done a sponsorship or two with luna and i was on one of them or whatever but every time i've lo- used luna sponsorship notwithstanding take it with a grain of salt i've been impressed with the tech like it does work really well, and the fact that you know Ubisoft games that they're talking about here, Far Cry Six, Riders Republic, uh, for me playing uh, Assassin's Creed, uh, Valhalla, and then um, the one the Immortals. Immortals Phoenix Rising, the fact that you have the cloud saves automatic, that for me with Valhalla was easy to jump between my PlayStation and Xbox and back to PlayStation. With Immortals was my PlayStation, then to Luna to keep playing there and then coming back there. I thought that was cool. So I think that there's 
something there. Again, I wonder where we I would be with the the cloud technology if 2020 would have been normal and I would have traveled mm. as much as I travel. Yeah. <laughs> I think I would have been using it a lot more than now where I'm like, oh, this is all cool, but I don't totally. really need it. Yeah. And then six and final on the Roper Report. Kevin, let's show it. There is a Mario 64 Lego brick. Tim, you put this in here. We're going to watch the, the video here. There we go. It's freaking cool as shit. It's this uh, question mark block, and you, you open it up, and it's a couple different levels for Mario 64 and like a fun Polly Pocket Mad Max type. Or not Mad Max. Mad Max. Uh, <laughs> Mighty, Mighty Max. Mighty Max, uh, Mighty Max type uh, thing. You know what I'm talking about, Kev? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. This is cool. Barry made a tiny. great joke in the Slack. What do you, you say? What do you say? No. Oh, let me read it now. Hold on. Hold I'm sorry. On. But yeah, I think it's pretty cool. It's a yeah, little neat. weird setup <laughs> with the box, but you know, hey, I, I love this type of stuff. Yeah, well, I mean, this is the kind of shit that's just destined for Brian Altano's desk. So, like, you know what I mean? Like, it was, who cares what the setup is? You know what I mean? Uh huh. I mean, it's just, I feel like it'd be cooler if they were just like individual, like, dioramas. Sure. You know, I'd be a bigger fan of that. Um, because like there's a, a couple cool this style has been done before with Lego. Like I have a cool San Francisco like diorama that's the same minimal style. And it, it's just super rad. And I love when video games are are kind of shown this love where there's clear reverence for these these maps and these levels. And uh to kind of get them in, in this this fun form, like the Lego Mario uh partnership has been cool and interesting and obviously geared uh towards kids more than anything. Uh but I love that they're also doing this more fun kind of clear play at, at my heartstrings right like of course uh like the with the the nes the tv that they had where it was like kind of like a playable version of world one to one like that shit's cool but like to go to mario 64 specifically like this speaks very loudly to me hold on one second in the chat uh Lakers shed two four three two says LA greater than San Francisco and we are gonna time him out. <laughs> time out. Do they have, do they have like a, an iconic skyline? Oh, right. Yeah, LA? it's called smog. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking got him. You got the, they can't breathe because of all the pollution. <laughs> I love all of the sitting in traffic for four hours. You know what I'm saying, Greg? Hey. Let's go. Hey, Barrett, do you want to go somewhere in L.A.? Sure. Are we going six miles or four feet away? Doesn't matter. It'll be a 45-minute car ride, and yep. it'll be uh, just Every a massive time. humanity there. Every it'll time. be great. Greg, you're so funny. Funnier than Nick, someone said. Thank you. I am funnier than Nick. That is true. That is true. Uh, I'll tell you what's not funny, how bad Matrix 2 and 3 were. But, Tim, we can see soon enough as you are getting ready to do a trailer react to the new matrix if it's good but that trailer reaction is still so far away even though it'll be up on youtube.com slash kind of funny later if i wanted something more immediate say what came to the mom and grab shops where would i go the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the kind of funny games daily show hosts each and every weekday yeah. out today fallout worlds is available for fallout 76 it offers players the tools and flexibility to create customize and explore appalachia like never before. Uh, hindsight 2020, Wrath of Raka Shasha is on PS5, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, PC, and Mac. Blood Rain Betrayal, Blood Rain Betrayal, Fresh Bites is on PS5, PS4, Xbox Series XS, uh, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. The Artful Escape, Tim Gettys' Game of the Year is on Xbox Series X slash S, Xbox One, and PC. It's also Other on things. Games Pass. 
couple things with that. First off, I highly recommend everybody give this game a shot. Don't think it's going to be for everybody, but if it's for you, it's going to be fucking for you. I absolutely love it. I adore the hell out of it. It's a max of four hours, and uh, tomorrow I'm so excited about it that I want to re-experience it again. So I'm going to have Mike play on stream, and I'm going to hang out with him on twitch.tv slash games after Games Daily. It's going to be a freaking blast. Kev, I can't wait for you to see this game. I think you're going to... It's, they, you're gonna some vibe queen in there? Uh, queen vibes, not queen themselves. Oh, man. But, queen but, vibes are pretty good. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I'm it's all pretty in. damn, pretty damn good. Um, but check it out, and also check out our review on the Kind of Funny Games cast. You can get on youtubecom games um, or podcast services where we review WarioWare and Life is Strange: True Colors and uh, Artful Escape. And I think we have a really good conversation. Um, about how uh, we disagree about our full escape. And I think that it's one of the rare times where we're split on our opinions on a video game. It's true. It's a great games cast. You should check it out. Great review uh, of that. Life is strange and WarioWare. Uh, but for right now, cybernetic guru in the chat says SF is just LA, but colder and less to do. Oh, and worse foods. We're going to time cybernetic out as well every here. part of that was wrong i know the colder. Oh, the colder it's colder, colder i'll give yeah, you that yeah, yeah. yeah okay that's and true you know that's what? True. let's 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 be honest it's better colder a hundred percent are you I kidding me oh i love that up. it's you know 95 I mean? degrees around here i'm sweating my ass off we're trying to in traffic the ac broke today get yeah. out of here you know what i mean sweat going down here. my butt crack you uh, know what i mean ultra I mean, age is on ps4 and switch today boulder dash deluxe is on xbox one switch and pc the tourist is on ps5 and ps4 espagaluda 2 is on switch uh neo complete edition and neo 2 the complete edition are now available on the epic game store this week in gta online the new karen Previon hits Southern San Andreas Super Autos while those looking to make a name for themselves at the LS Car Meet can earn double car meet rep for all LS Car Meet activities, such as modifying vehicles in, uh, you know what these are. If, if I'm not going to get into this uh, terrain of magical, insane, Greg? I don't even know, but some GTA Online player, dork like Blessing Jr., understands. Terrain of magical expertise launches today on PC. And then SpongeBob's Idle Adventures, the new mobile game based on the popular Nickelodeon franchise, SpongeBob SquarePants, is now available global for download on uh, Google Play and the App Store. Barrett Courtney, give me your review. Um,. I don't know. <laughs> New dates for you. A Juggler's Tale is on PC, Steam, Xbox, <laughs> PS Play, and Switch all on September 29th. Ruin Raiders uh, is coming to Nintendo Switch and PC uh, on uh, Thursday, October 14th, 2021. God Strike is uh, also coming to PlayStation 4, Xbox One, PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X slash S on October 14th. Uh, the next limited time collection event for Apex Legends Evolution, Evolution will run from September 14th through the 28th. And then Football Manager 2022 is coming to PC and Xbox on November 9th. It's also on Game Pass. But the Game Pass isn't a platform. A lot of people like to correct me sometimes when I, they're like, yeah, well, you said this game comes to Xbox, but you didn't say Game Pass not really. A, you got to you know what I mean? Come on, man. Oh, man. But I'll toss this in here for a deal of the day. It's on there. Xbox sure. deal of the day for you. Xbox free play game. Uh, free play days are back. Madden NFL 22. Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege and Blasphemous are all available for Xbox Live Gold and Xbox Game Pass Ultimate members Thursday right now until Sunday, uh, September 12th at midnight. But like midnight Monday, you know, it's always confusing. Mm-hmm. Tim, we ask people to go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where they can write in to be part of the show. They can get the show ad free. They can get the post show. And they can also write into Squad Up. This is where you give us your name, username, platform of choice, and why you need help in a video game. I read it here. The best friends uh, uh, come and find, find you. you. And everybody. Sorry, I got distracted. A very, I don't know who this is, 
But in the chat, there's a very wise person named Sad Boy Barrett who says, I think we can all agree, SF greater than Cleveland and then way greater than LA. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> Kebabs writes in to squad up and says he needs help on PlayStation 5, where his name is Kebabs, K-B-A-B-Z. I'd like some buddies to help me get through the main story of Ghost of Tsushima Legends. I've heard so many good mm. things about it, but I can't for the life of me find two people willing to play alongside me. If you want to get your katana and go play with Kebabs, hit up Kebabs on PlayStation 5. Tim? Mm-hmm. We ask people watching live on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames to go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Tell us what we screw up as we screwed up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later. Uh-huh. I mean, this you're still not giving me a link here. So we did great on the corrections, but then comedian AET, formerly known as Game Jumper X. I'd like to know why I changed your name. Uh, writes in and says, No Man's Sky Expedition 3 came out yesterday. It was breaking news yesterday as KFGD was ending. I submitted here yesterday, but Blessing didn't read it because I included an untrusted site as a reference. I tweeted him a screenshot that showed it was out right after Kind of Funny Games Daily ended. Lol, smiley, heart. I didn't see that anywhere, and you didn't give me a link there, a uh, person formerly known as Game Jumper X. So I've read it. But if somebody goes out there and they're like, Oh, I can't find this thing, tweet at No Man's Sky and say, Sean Murray, I'm sorry that Sorry, the man formerly known as Game Jumper X uh, led you astray. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, believe it or not, that's the end of Kind of Funny Games Daily for today. Tomorrow, I'll be back with Blessing in the co-host chair. Mm-hmm. Uh, you shouldn't go anywhere, though, if you're watching live on twitch.tv slash games. After this, pray for them. You know, pray for them because they have to watch this Matrix trailer and react to it and act like they haven't been burned twice (laughs) back to back. You know what I mean? Act like this isn't a franchise that's been drugged through the street and the mud and the shit. Now we got to hold it up like it's some kind of ivory statue. After that, I'm going to play infamous PS3. It's like that Superman statue and Batman v Superman, right? Oh, false God. Um, Yeah. 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 An ugly statue. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I never liked the whole like, thing. Damn, damn, can we, can we end on, this so I can watch so the Matrix? Yeah, yeah we can. Please, After that, we're going to react live to the PlayStation uh, Showcase. If you don't catch any of that live, uh, game stuff is on YouTube.com slash kind of funny games. Movie stuff is on YouTube.com slash kind of funny. Until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you. <laughs>